Warning, this podcast will contain adult language, mature situations, psychologically disturbed main characters, accurate depictions of mental illness, grimy early 1980s visuals, uncomfortable silences, unique perspectives, references to various Scorsese films, and simple observations. Listener discretion is advised. Spirekin Mini Movie Review, Joker. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Mini Movie Review. This is your host, Zan, saying hello. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connected enhanced narratives. Every episode, depending on the show you're listening to, we tell you the pros and cons about various geeky mediums. Since this is our movie review, obviously we're talking about film. We talk about the visuals, the acting, the art style, and the overarching feeling of the film itself. You can check any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. And since this is a mini movie review, we do not go too far into spoilers. We give our overall initial impressions and how we feel about it. These feels may change over time after we see the film again or if we think about it, but this is the initial raw feelings from the films themselves. Now with that out of the way, let's get to it, shall we? Because this is an episode many people have been wondering what our feelings are about and what am I talking about? I am talking about the new film that has been created by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix. We're talking about Joker. Now this film, like I said, was directed by Todd Phillips, a director who is known for films like Road Trip, Hangover, Due Date, Starsky and Hutch, Old School, So lots of comedies. So this is a very different take on what he is used to doing. It's something where it's just almost a reverse. Like they say that most comedians can do the darkest things possible because they're they're hiding it. And that shows in this film itself. Um, It was produced by Todd Phillips and surprisingly Bradley Cooper. And it's based on the character from DC Comics, the infamous Joker who no one really knows the backstory of. If you've ever read the book The Killing Joke, or if you've watched the movie, at one point the Joker says, I don't remember my background or where I came from, but if I had to choose, I'd choose it to be multiple choice. And that's how this film feels. It feels like one of the various multiple choices that the Joker thinks about his origins. Like, he's like, uh, maybe it happened this way. And that's how this film feels. And it is a film which is very different from all the other comic properties that are out at the moment. As opposed to one of these stories where it's the good guy, he has his origin, then he fights the bad guy, and he's triumphant. Or one where it's a vigilante is going to fight for this or that. This is none of the above. This is a character study showing how a character who is afflicted with a disorder and who just keeps getting more and more just beaten down eventually will react and this isn't a film where it's they're trying to make you sympathize with the villain but they're just trying to give you context as to where they came from and there are moments where you do sympathize with arthur fleck uh joaquin phoenix the man who eventually will become the joker you sympathize and you're like okay just the happy moment you're like focus on the happy moment just stick on that and it ends up not working out And like certain mental illnesses, this film does have a bit of an unreliable narrator situation going on. No spoilers, but you can't take everything at face value. And so it brings a lot of unawareness to it. And that's very unique for a film like this. Now, we've got to give hats off to Joaquin Phoenix because he researched the hell 
out of mental illness and this character to create a performance which is very unique and different from all of the others. Unlike Cesar Romero's The the Bad Comedian Gangster, or you have Jack Nicholson as the mobster, you have Heath Ledger as the anarchist, and then you have Jared Leto as the psychopath. This is a person who is just... Well, there's something wrong with Arthur, and you know there's something wrong with him. And it, as you start out, it just it starts off slow, subtle, but you notice it, and as it goes further on, it becomes more and more unsettling and uncomfortable. And you see this just building and building and building and building and building. And it's not that Arthur set out to be this way. It's just circumstances were stacked against him and kept hitting him and hitting him, and it just built and built and built and then eventually the straw broke and just it snapped and that led to where this goes where this story goes and the cast is stellar you have one of my favorite actors of all time Robert De Niro playing Murray Franklin a very charismatic and weird comedian that's on TV that Arthur and his mother watch And it's very similar to Robert De Niro's film, King of Comedy, where Mr. Pumpkin was obsessed with Jerry Lewis's character. And that's, he's playing the Jerry Lewis character. And I've got to say, it evokes this very, oh, he's such a good guy, such a guy. And he might not be, it might be an act, we don't know. It's just very unique. He's only in the movie for maybe three scenes, but those scenes, they convey a great sense to them. A great, just, stage presence. He almost steals the show. You have Frances Conroy, who I only remember from Six Feet Under as the mom, Ruth Fisher. In this movie, she plays Penny Fleck, Arthur's mother, who Arthur's taking care of. And she is someone who he cares about, but also it's this love-hate relationship going on with Arthur, where he cares about her, he's taking care of her, and something's wrong with his mom, and he's trying to, to make it better, and it might not work. You have Sophie Dumond as... Uh, the character who's played by Zazie Beetz, who is the neighbor of Arthur Fleck and someone who may be a bright spot in his life. Someone who may bring him out of the darkness. Or maybe not. We don't know. And she's only in the movie for maybe four minutes and she's a bit of a... I don't want to say a weak link, but... Uh, there's She's not as prominent as the film makes her out to be. And there's reasons for that. And then the other main actor you have is Brett Cullen as Thomas Wayne. And he makes Thomas Wayne that we've seen through all the other films, all the other versions of Batman. Thomas Wayne is a philanthropist. He's a good person. This version of Thomas Wayne, he is running for mayor, and he is there for the rich. Anyone who's poor, he's kind of rude and not very caring about. He makes statements which are inflammatory, and at some points they're just downright cruel and this leads to a powder keg building that will eventually go off by the end of this film this film is a tragedy in a way and I've got to say it's one where it's you can't help but not watch and unlike say the Judge Dredd remake or Deadpool or even Robocop comic properties that focus on violence This film is actually not that violent. There's only four acts of violence throughout the film. 
But unlike those where they're very cartoonish or overly violent, these ones feel real. They feel raw. They have a weird dissociative passion to it. It's almost like watching a live leak video where you're horrified by it. And people are saying, oh, this is the most violent film. It's not that violent. It's just that the scenes are more impactful because just, well, there's reasons behind them. And it's, it's unsettling. To compare this to another film that I watched a long time ago when I was younger, uh, Requiem to a Dream was a film about drug use, very disturbing film. It made you feel very uncomfortable afterwards. This film gave me that feeling of uncomfortableness, that just grimy feeling. I felt like I was caked with something. I had to kind of scrub it off. I needed a cooler afterwards. I watched this with Greta. And that was a big mistake because she was horrified by this because it's too close to home. The scenes they get where they focus on Arthur's mental illness are spot on. Now, slight spoiler here, but they make it that the Joker laugh in this film, it's not a real laugh. What happens is that Arthur Fleck is affiliated with a disease called pseudobulbar effect uh, or... PBA or emotional incontinence. Incontinence. Sorry, my reading is wrong. It's like someone's emotionally disturbed enough where they have uncontrollable episodes of crying or laughing or other emotional displays. They get mad easily. And it happens because there's a brain injury. And Arthur's afflicted by this. So he laughs at random times. And it's not him being there to be rude or crazy, but... Something just sets them off and they just start laughing if they're uncomfortable or sad or depressed or just something simple as just seeing, hearing a song will make them just start laughing or crying. And the more intense it is, the longer it takes out. And in the past, they didn't know it was just, oh, you're crazy. And Arthur, actually, at one point, an incident occurs and he pulls out a laminated card that he has which says, please excuse me, I have a condition. And it flips, read the back, and it says... I unfortunately have a condition which caused me to uncontrollably laugh. It's not about the situation. Please forgive me and please return the card. And it shows that he is trying to better himself. And the world is not sympathetic to that which is different. And this leads to various situations. And this is handled in a very, not delicate, but a respectful manner. Um, I read an article where someone saw this and they said this is how it is because they're affected by this as well. And that was very poignant. And it gave me a new perspective of this film, i got to say. I'm releasing this a couple days late because I needed a little bit of time to not decompress, but I needed a moment to get my head out of my brain. Because this is a very, like I said, disturbing film. It's a film which is uncomfortable. And this is one of our longer mini-movie reviews because this film is one of those films that just you can't analyze. This is released late, two days late, because I had to think about this. I could not get my head around it. It wasn't I couldn't get understand it. I understood it. It was just it was so unsettling I had to kind of step back from it. And after watching this, Baz actually hit me up and said, Hey, can I take my 13-year-old son to this? And I was like, you've got to be out of your mind. This isn't a superhero movie or a supervillain movie. This is a character study of a man who's just slowly descends into madness. I, like I compared it to 
Requiem for a Dream. It's a movie which hurts. It hurts the characters and it hurts the audience. Will Joaquin Phoenix win an Oscar? Yes. But you don't show this to a 13-year-old or 14-year-old. I'd say minimum 18 years old or you've had some life under you. Because you won't be able to either comprehend what's going on or it's going to just affect you in a weird and fucked up way. Out of our rating system, I'm going to have to give this our middle of the ground uh, worth watching once in theaters. Or on TV. Because it's a, it's a wonderfully shot film. The visuals are amazing. The score is tragic and the acting is phenomenal. But I couldn't... I just... It's a film which is just... It's uncomfortable, and it's a film which focuses on a character that I don't think needs to be focused on. We didn't need this film, and them doing it, it's fine, but I don't know. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Usually my my reviews are much more lively or happy. This one just, it sucks out all the emotion out of me. It really does. I... So, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to cut it here. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me personally, zanspirekin.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes. Just search out Spirekin, you'll find us. And if you have any comments or concerns, you can email me, zanspirekin.com. Or if you just want to disagree with me and say why I f- you disagree, hit me up on Twitter at Spark and direct message me. Let me know what you think. If you think I'm wrong 100%. I like this movie, don't get me wrong. It's just that I find this movie to be uncomfortable. And I get why it's uncomfortable. I know people with mental illness. I've worked with people with mental illness for a while. So it's like, it's a little, um, a little too close to home. So anyway, with that in mind, let's go out with something happy. Um, so yeah, check out our other reviews, like our Promare review, or we're going to be releasing, on the same day, we're going to be releasing our review of Abominable. Check that out as well, because we watched that right after watching Joker. Funny story, had to have a Selena comments down, that worked perfectly. So, I guess that's it for this episode. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching movies. Bye.